0: Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Our membership is diverse and inclusive. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us you will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Wow, it's great to be back with you guys today. So much going on in the realm of education, including primary elections. In the state of Oregon, where we are headquartered, we are into one of the most Critical primary elections ever. And you know what? I think that's true of every single state. Every state. Primary elections are critical. We just went through a rush recently of requests for endorsements. And on our website, on the page titled um, PRE PAC, which stands for Political Action Committee, we have a link to a questionnaire. And this is a questionnaire for any candidate running for any office. So, of course, we are endorsing candidates for school boards. Uh, Arizona is a big one, where two of our leaders, our former leader and our current leader in Scottsdale, Arizona, are now running for the school board. Way to go, ladies. We want you to <laughs> we want you to to win this election. I had a few other things on my mind, but it included the word uh, "knock them dead" and "and kill them." So I don't think we want to be saying those words, okay? But this is so important, and we're so proud of Karen Werner and Amy Carney. Love those women. And I I just have a feeling that Scottsdale is in for some very positive news in the upcoming election. In addition to those endorsements, we have been asked to uh, consider endorsing other candidates, including candidates for Congress and uh, candidates for uh, state House of Representatives, as well as state Senate and uh, county commissioners, you name it, they want... Parents' Rights in Education listed as a key endorser of their race. And that just proves that the K-12 education issue is huge. Thank you. Among those endorsements is the endorsement of the Mark Thielman for Oregon governor. I want to play for you uh, the audio of a video that we created Encouraging people to get behind him. Hi, I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm with Parents' Rights in Education. We believe this is the most critical Republican primary election, the one coming up in May, to take place in the state of Oregon. This election could literally lead to the removal of the stronghold of the National Education Association. That's the teachers' union, has had on Oregon politics for the last 36 years. Parents' Rights and Education PAC has endorsed Mark Thielman, candidate for Oregon governor. Mark Thielman, who recently resigned from his superintendent role with LC School District, is not only savvy about K-12 education, he believes in individual civil rights, including parents' rights. He's smart about a whole lot of other issues facing the state of Oregon, and is not afraid to challenge anyone. Did you know Oregon ABC News affiliate, KATU Channel 2 News, is trying to silence the will of the public they claim to serve? They attempted to block candidate voices from participating in their April 7th televised gubernatorial debate. How'd they do that? Well, they decided they would require that every candidate must have at least $750,000 raised by the end of March. Now, that illustrates that mainstream media is elitist, and they're trying to control public perception and election outcomes. Election outcomes in favor of candidates backed by corporate and establishment money on March 21st. KATU's producer, Evan Bernacle officially announced this, quote, KATU's news has decided to cancel the Democratic and Republican gubernatorial debates on April 5th and 7th. We will concentrate our efforts on a debate with the primary winners in the general election in the fall, unquote. Now, that sort of seems like a victory for our side, or even worse. Is it? I don't think so. Here's the good news. Forget KATU. This has become a David and Goliath scenario of massive proportion. Several grassroots media outlets have stepped up to host independent debates. You know what that means? It means that we, you, me, and parents' rights in education must double down to raise money. So our candidates get a fair opportunity to voice their messages. Mark Thielman needs our help and he needs it right away on behalf of myself and the Parents' Rights in Education PAC. Please give your most generous contribution today because parents' rights is the issue. Of course, elections are very exciting and important. However, we cannot ignore the news. What should have been a moment of sporting pride, a celebration of some of the best female swimmers in the country, this year's NCAA swimming championships developed into a scandal because organizers allowed a biological male, Leah Thomas, to compete against female athletes on the basis of transgender status. And what about Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown Jackson's Senate confirmation hearings this week? Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, on Tuesday questioned Jackson on critical race theory books used in a private elementary school on which Jackson sits on the board. And then Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican from Tennessee, Pushed Jackson to define the word woman, which Jackson declined to do. Who would have guessed the transgender issue would obfuscate news of a possible Third World War? It reminded me I needed to finally read Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. I knew so much about the transgender issue related to public schools, biology, and psychology. I was sold on the reasons why it should not be promoted or taught in our schools. But Abigail shared some very important insight as to why our daughters are literally being seduced into making life-changing decisions that they will regret please don't think my overview is a substitute for this book. I strongly encourage you to order several copies for you and your friends and the local school library. Abigail starts out by describing why this issue is so important. She says, this is a story Americans need to hear. Whether or not you have an adolescent daughter, whether or not your child has fallen for this transgender craze. America has become fertile ground for this mass enthusiasm for reasons that have everything to do with our cultural frailty. Parents are undermined. Experts are over-relied upon. Dissenters in science and medicine are intimidated Free speech truckles under renewed attack. Government health care laws harbor hidden consequences. And an intersectional era has arisen in which the desire to escape a dominant identity encourages individuals to take cover in victim groups. She goes on, This is the story of the American family, decent loving, hardworking, and kind. It wants to do the right thing, but it finds itself set in a society that increasingly regards parents as obstacles, bigots, and dupes. We cheer as teenage girls with no history of dysphoria steep themselves in a radical gender ideology taught in school, or found on the internet. Peers and therapists and teachers and internet heroes egg these girls on. But here, the cost of so much youthful indiscretion is not a piercing or a tattoo. It's closer to a pound of flesh. She also discusses social media. And she says this, but there is something else too. Adolescent girls who historically faced life's challenges in pairs and groups are now more likely to face them alone. Members of Gen Z are less likely to go to parties, hang out with friends date, go for a car ride, head to shopping malls, or even go to a movie than those of previous generations. I had no idea about this. I'm reading on. By 2015, high school seniors were going out with friends less often than Eighth graders did, just six years earlier. When they do meet up in person, they are much more likely to bring along, guess who? A parent. I am shocked to learn about this, you guys. It's fascinating. I just didn't see it. Abigail continues. With mom always hanging around, they are far less likely to take risks, less likely to smoke or drink or drive recklessly. That would seem to be a good thing. But only 71% of eligible high school students have a driver's license. The lowest percentage in decades. Now, on that note, I would, I would think back to when I was growing up. In fact, when I was 15, I believe I got a learner's permit in preparation of my 16th birthday so that I could get a driver's license as soon as possible. Not now. Schreier goes on and she says, coddling has its costs risk-taking provides an indispensable bridge on the bumpy route to adulthood. 18-year-olds today have the emotional maturity of Gen X's 15-year-olds. 13-year-olds today of Gen X's 10-year-olds. And according to Twang, quote, teens are physically safer than ever. Yet they are more mentally vulnerable. They are far less likely to suffer the wounds brought on by adolescent heedlessness. But they've also failed to be toughened by the scars. This does seem to make sense, guys. Is that what you're experiencing with your children? Are we overprotecting our kids? Then Abigail gets into, and I'd love to have feedback on this. You can go to our website and uh, send me some messages, um, you know, about what's happening with your own kids. So there's something else new that I learned in reading Abigail's book. She talks about transgender girls don't want to become men. This is fascinating. Only 12% of natal females who identify as transgender have undergone or even desire phalloplasty. They have no plans to obtain the male appendage that most people would consider a defining feature of manhood. So she's saying they don't really want to become a man, which would seem, you know, like the reason. If you, if you, if you're not happy being a woman, well, then you should change to a man. But that isn't what's going on, guys, according to her research. Now, you and I know that public schools are presenting students surveys, literally surveys asking what kids' sexual preference is. And we're talking about very young children. In Oregon, that starts at age 10. And those surveys are given to students every other year after that until they graduate. So they're encouraging them to make a decision. What is your sexual preference? How do you identify? Abigail points this out. She says, teens and tweens today are everywhere pressed to locate themselves on a gender spectrum and within a sexuality taxonomy long before they have finished the sexual development that would otherwise guide discovery of who they are or what they desire. Long before they may have had any romantic or sexual experience at all, young women judged insufficiently feminine by their peers are today asked outright, Are you trans? Many of the girls now being cornered into a trans identity might, in an earlier era, have come out as gay. You've got a situation where young lesbians are being pressured if they don't give in to this new idea of what it is to be a lesbian, prominent gay writer Julia Robertson told Schreier. That new idea is that lesbians do not exist. Girls with more masculine presentations are really boys. I see that I'm out of time, so we'll have to pick this up next time, but it is fascinating. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month, and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute, so you might want to consider that. If there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And pre-keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, org. Thanks much.